0: Well, it's great to be with you all over our church and all of those that are joining us from far and near in Chicagoland and online. Um, the best indeed is yet to come. And I have the privilege today of sharing just a little bit with you of what the best is yet to come looks like as we talk about baptism. Now, before I get started, I realize there's three groups of people that are here, whether you're online or in person Uh, The first group is the group who has said yes to Jesus Christ and and has taken a step in being baptized. And and if you're here, I'm so glad that you are here. But the second group um, that's here, maybe you've said yes to Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, but you haven't had the privilege of being baptized. I pray that by the end of this 30 minutes that you will hear a clear presentation of the opportunity of the, taking the step of obedience in baptism. But there's a VIP group that I want to give a shout out to, and I want you to help me welcome. And that is every Sunday we have people, it's their first Sunday that they have joined with us and and there are some people who are here who maybe you're investigating the claims of Jesus Christ or maybe you were hoodwinked into brunch and a friend brought you um, but you would say I'm not a Christ follower Ed but I'm so glad to be here Willow can you just help me join and welcome all of those who are here and those of you online Well, we love guests at Willow Creek, and because it's Baptism Sunday, I'm a tad bit excited today. And, and I, I'm not apologizing about my excitement um, because baptism is a major, major thing in the life of a believer. And we are finishing up a two week mini series where we've talked about two sacraments, two rituals that the church, the early church, installed, and in fact, Jesus Christ himself in the Great Commission reminded us that baptism is something that we should do, that we should follow in obedience. And if Jesus said that we should do it, I think that's a good place to start. Maybe we should do that. So what is baptism? Where does this word come from? Well, bapto is a Greek word. There's two words, bapto and baptizo. Bapto means to to dip or to drench or to soak. But in the ancient literature of Greek, baptizo intensifies the word bapto, and we get the word baptism to immerse or to drown, to place down in the water. Uh, No need to get afraid today, we're not drowning anyone, but immersing someone in water. And in the New Testament, particularly in the book of Acts, it is mentioned over 27 times. John the Baptist, who many call John the baptizer, mentioned this 48 times. The word baptizo is mentioned in just the discourse of his work. And he was giving a baptism unto repentance. Jesus had not started his ministry. Jesus had not died. But they were identifying with jesus christ in baptism and he had what was called the baptism unto repentance i I, i've done wrong and i am symbolizing through this baptism that i'm taking another step to be more like jesus and so i want to invite you because if i'm going to make definitive claims about who in fact Jesus is, and who, in fact, should be baptized or not baptized, we should probably anchor that in the Word of God, right? So let's go to Acts chapter 16. In particular, we're going to be looking at the 25th verse through the 34th verse. And I'm using as a topic today, disturbing the peace, the power of worship and baptism. Disturbing the peace, the power of worship and baptism. Before I go any further, I want to ask the Lord and ask you to lift me up in prayer. Because there's one person who absolutely, emphatically, does not want this word to go forward, and that's the enemy. Distractions, everything you could possibly think of. But I want to ask you all to pray for me as I go to the Lord in prayer today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to serve your people through the word. Thank you for this great teaching team and church giving us the opportunity to share the gospel. I pray that there would be less of me and more of you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's go to Acts 16 and give you a little bit of a setup of where we're going because context is important. In the book of Acts In the 16th chapter, we start with an introduction to Paul and Silas, who are getting ready to go on a missionary journey, and they run into a a young man named Timothy. Ladies, if you're single, please pay attention. This is a brother who you want to get to know. See, Timothy um, was an outstanding man, had a great reputation, and his mother was Jewish and his dad was Greek. So he was biracial, a very powerful thing to be able to have on the mission field. And the Bible lets us know that Paul and Silas, to prepare him, um, they want to make sure that everybody knew that his dad was Greek, um, that he was circumcised. Uh, I'm not going to get into that in the sermon, but um, he ended up Going on this mission, and the Holy Spirit, the Bible lets us know, keeps them from sharing the gospel in Asia. This amazing thing in the book of Acts, we see the power of God through ordinary people accomplishing accomplishing extraordinary things. And, And so they continue on, not preaching the gospel in Asia, but he takes them to Macedonia. And just outside of the city of Philippi, they are going to pray when all of a sudden they run into a group of ladies. It's amazing as we celebrate International Women's Month um, that we have in the text today one of the baddest women in the Bible. Her name is Lydia. And I would submit to you uh, to get to know who she is. See, Lydia was a textile expert, and she had dealings with purple dye. This was something that was very expensive. She was probably well-connected in the community. And the Bible lets us know in verse 14 of Acts chapter 16 that she hears Paul and Silas and the brothers as they're sharing the good news and the Holy Spirit convicts her heart, and she decides, I want to respond to this message. I want to respond to what they're saying. I'm a believer in God, but I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And the Bible lets us know that she receives and believes, and immediately goes and she is baptized, and all of her household hears the gospel, and they also receive the good news. It's a good day so far in Acts chapter 16, isn't it? But something's getting ready to happen in the chapter. The peace is getting ready to be disturbed. Because the next group of people that Paul and Silas and Timothy meet is a young slave girl, savagely trapped in human trafficking by her owners. The Bible lets us know that she's a soothsayer, that she's a truth teller and predicting the future. And she's made her owners a lot of money. She decides for several days, the text lets us know, to follow Paul and Timothy and Silas. And she yells every time she sees them. these guys are servants of the Lord Most High. They're servants of the Lord Most High. Can you imagine somebody walking around you in the office you're at the water cooler, just Gary going to go in the bathroom. She's a servant of the Most High for several days. And I love the text. The Bible says Paul gets greatly annoyed. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, look, I'm tired of this sister. It's got to go. And so he looks at her and says, You, that unclean spirit that is in her, come out in the name of Jesus. And immediately the spirit leaves the young woman. She is delivered by the power of God. But there's a group of people who are not happy about that. It's her handlers. It's the individuals who were getting profits off of what they were doing to her. And the Bible says that they brought Paul, Silas, and Timothy in their group before the magistrates of that town and they immediately savagely began to beat them the magistrates pulled off and ripped their clothes up and they beat them savagely and threw them into the inner part of the jail and they put shackles on them and as i did a little dug digging in some more research the way that these shackles were placed on was to spread the legs of the prisoners to ultimate discomfort. In the dark, and verse 25 is where we come to the text. Look at the scriptures. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were fastened. Which brings us to the first takeaway that I want to share with you today. Worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. In verse 25, we see this amazing moment. The Bible didn't say they pulled out their cell phones and texted everyone around town to tell them the bad situation that they were in. They didn't complain to all the other prisoners. We were unjustly placed in prison. The Bible says that about midnight, my brothers begin to praise and give hymns of song to the Lord. I absolutely love Paul and Silas and Timothy. I can't even imagine what happened in the heavenlies. If you just imagine with me just a little bit that God the Father is watching this and the angels are saying, hey, God, um, you and Jesus want to check out this. I want you to see what's happening in the jail in Macedonia. They're, They're praising God. They're lifting you up. And I could just see the God the Father just with the joy that he has. They are praising and lifting up my son. I got to get in this myself. And the earth is shaken, and all of the prisoners have their bands loosened. I love the text as it continues, um, because we find out that no one ran off and left. This wasn't a, a great getaway. The Bible lets us know that something powerfully happens when we get together and we worship. I wish, friends, that we understood the power of our worship. There are times when you walk in the door all over our campuses, all over Chicagoland, where chains are being broken in worship where joy is being placed, where there was sadness, where there's brokenness that we absolutely are lifted as we sing praises to God. Praise and worship is a weapon. Which leads us to the second point of today. Belief always precedes baptism. Belief always precedes baptism. Go back to the text with me. As we look at verse 27 through 30, it's interesting to me as I look at the text, the jailer woke up and he was absolutely overwhelmed. See, the text says that he is afraid and he wants to take his life with a sword. What you may not know is that um, if you as a jailer allowed anybody to go free and you couldn't account for them, you were executed. So he not only is, ex- is thinking about execution, he also is thinking about the reality of this. I am charged to care for these men. And something happened in power that everything shook. Everything in the foundations literally were shaken. And here we see in the text a pattern that we see all throughout the New Testament, that belief always precedes baptism. Acts chapter 2, just to write down some scriptures that you can look at on your own time, Acts 2, 37 and 38, Peter has just proclaimed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and he's told people the crucified one, the one you crucified, he is Lord and Savior, and the Bible says that when they heard the scripture, their hearts were cut they said, what must we do? And Peter, with the authority of the Holy Spirit within him, says what you need to do is you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and you need to be baptized. Verse 41, we find out that they are baptized immediately, and almost 3,000 were added to the church. On that day. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good day of ministry. But the Bible continues to let us know 27 times in the book of Acts alone, baptizo is, rich, uh, is mentioned. But Acts chapter 8, I wanna highlight two. Philip, this amazing man, is preaching the gospel in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. And he's talking to a magician, a magician who had a lot of power small p, and authority in the community. But he heard the message that they were preaching, and he actually was coming to try to get some of their power, trying to buy some of their power. But the power of God and the message of the gospel arrested Simon the magician. And he turned around, and he actually gave his life to the Lord. And the Bible lets us know that he immediately was baptized and joined them. Acts chapter 8 continues, in another story, where we see this Ethiopian eunuch. And this Ethiopian eunuch comes to Christ, but he asks the question, Who is this prophet? And Peter says, or Philip says, I, I, I will tell you about who he is. This is what he did. And he preached Jesus to him. And it says that they were going along, and there's a body of water that they saw. And he said, Wow, <laughs> uh, what would keep me from Getting baptized, See, because he knew that the identity of a person who was a Christ follower was to be baptized. And Philip says, if you believe by faith, you can be baptized. He said, I'm good. Let's go do this. And so they get out of the chariot, and he baptizes him right there. See, baptism is for those who have believed in Jesus Christ by faith. It's not for everyone. Just like last week, we celebrated communion. It is not for everyone. It is for those who have said yes to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the jailer in Acts 16 throws himself on the ground after getting lights. And he says, what must I do to be saved? brings us to attention in the topic of baptism. And the third takeaway is what what baptism is not. I want to say this with, with great care and great sensitivity. Willow Creek is a place where everyone is welcome. Regardless of who you are, we believe that the best is yet to come in your life. Everyone is welcome at Willow Creek. But there are some who've come to Willow Creek And their experience has been that they were baptized as an infant. And I want to just, with great care, um, just communicate that I believe that when your parents baptized you, um, they wanted to dedicate you to the Lord Jesus. And theologically, I don't have time to take a treatment of infant baptism, but suffice it to say that there is not one instance of infant baptism in the Holy Scriptures. There's not one example that we can point to that infant baptism is taught by Jesus Christ. An infant can't confess belief in Jesus Christ. An infant or a parent can't profess faith for a child. But we're so excited at Willow Creek North Shore and all of our campuses, we love to dedicate children to the Lord. We have infant dedication where we bring together parents and families and their children and we give them an opportunity to be able to dedicate their children to the Lord and raise their children in the admonition of Jesus Christ. Just a brief caution to parents who want to rush their children into baptism. Um, I have a 10-year-old And um, one thing I know for sure is my son is not ready to be baptized. Uh, Your 10-year-old may be different, but um, when my 10-year-old is ready, um, there's no problem in picking up the telephone and calling Pastor Sean and and, and maybe a couple others and just go and talk to them and share with them what is the gospel. And if you can explain the the gospel of Jesus Christ— um, without your parents present and with great clarity and understand what Jesus Christ has done, then, then you're ready to be baptized. But let's be let's be very careful as parents as we nurse our children into um, this reality. The other thing is baptism is not as baptism is not a private affair. Um, I don't get baptized in my shower by myself. Uh, it it is something where I go before others and I proclaim my belief and trust in Jesus Christ and the fact that I want to be identified with a group of people who call themselves Christians, which leads us to the other thing that baptism is not. Baptism is not salvation. Let me say that again. Baptism is not salvation. We know that salvation in Jesus Christ comes through faith alone. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says that for by grace we have been saved through what, church? Through faith. And that not of ourselves, it it is a gift from God. None of us can, can boast. But the question then comes up, faith in what? What do we have faith in? Well, in a few moments, I'm going to share with you what we have faith in, but I want to share with you a quote that John Stott wrote in his book, Basic Christianity. This is from my devotional time, January 4th. The Bible reveals a God who long before it even occurs to men and women to turn to him while they are lost in darkness and sunk in sin, takes the initiative, rises from his throne, lays aside his glory, and stoops to seek until he finds them. Isn't that amazing news? That God himself follows and seeks out each of us. I asked my wife if I could share this brief story of how she came to the decision. She was baptized as an infant. And she said yes to Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior when she was 17. After we were married in our early 20s, we were in a discussion. I just asked, had she... Trusted God in baptism. So I don't need to be baptized. I've already been baptized as an infant. And she said it in a way it wasn't a discussion that, to keep having. Anybody been in that conversation with somebody? you know, just, it was just clarity, a clarifying comment for me as a husband. And so we talked about it, and prayed about it. Years later, we had our first child, and she was at a place where she was ready to be baptized. She looked at my wife and said, Mommy, why have you not been baptized? And my wife looked at these scriptures. I'm so grateful and the ways that the Lord touched my wife as she looked at these scriptures and said, I, I need to do this as an act of obedience to the Lord. I mentioned that there's a group of people that are here that don't know Jesus Christ. And I believe that the most important decision and the next step that you can make today is to say yes to Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, 17 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. Belief in what? Belief in the fact that Jesus Christ paid the penalty. He paid the penalty for my sins and yours. When I was late to my own salvation, Jesus Christ was there waiting for me by his death, his burial, and resurrection. Faith then in what? We have faith that Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross was sufficient for the forgiveness of my sin. And yours. Is that good news, friends? That is good news. And because of that, God the Father extends His forgiveness. That, my friends, is the gospel. That is what saves you. Maybe you're here and you're like, Ed, I had no intentions on doing this today, but I want to say yes to Jesus. Wherever you are, in any of our campuses and online, I want to pause before I land this sermon. I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. With all of our heads bowed, let me go to the Lord in prayer. And if, and if you are ready to say yes to Jesus Christ, I want you to make my words yours and say yes to him today. Father, thank you so much for the power of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for what he did on the cross. And I believe that because of his death, because of his burial and his resurrection, that I can have eternal life. Forgive me, God, of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, if you prayed that prayer with me, the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you are are part of the family of God, amen? You have taken your step in a new life. In a few moments, I'm gonna tell you what you can do as as a next step. Last thing is, when should I be baptized? Like, when, when should it happen? I would submit to you, as soon as you've heard the word of God preached and you've received clarity that this is indeed a mandate, a commandment from Jesus Christ that you should do whatever you can to get baptized. Acts 10 47 and 48. We see Peter saying that the Gentiles they hey, they deserve there's nothing that should stop them from being baptized after having belief in Jesus Christ. Earlier in the passage in chapter 16, Lydia does the same thing. And then Acts chapter 18, verse 8. You can read it in your own time. Crispus, the, the leader, he and his family believe on Jesus Christ and they are baptized. Don't delay. Do it, my friends, today. Just go to willowcreek.org baptism. Or you can talk to any pastor at our Welcome Center, at any of our campuses. We would love to be able to connect with you and those who just said yes to Jesus Christ to give you next steps. Romans 6, 3 and 4 is one of my favorite scriptures that I'm going to end with this in a story. Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ is raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, might walk in the newness of life in a few moments we're going to have the opportunity to tear the roof off of this place and celebrate baptism with some of our newest friends and as we do that I want you to understand that as you watch at your campus and you see the pastor take down the person buried with Christ it's a picture that we are showing a picture of what Jesus did and raised to new life, which brings us to the truth of the day, that baptism is a public picture of being identified with Jesus Christ. Well, I was reminded of a story this week of a couple in their 70s. They have been walking with Jesus for, for years. They're doing just great. And they contacted me and wanted to have some scriptures to let them know about baptism. What is it? And what does it mean? And they explored the scriptures and said, we want to be baptized. Oh, you want to, you, you want to come and, and just watch the baptism? No, we want to be baptized by you. The man and woman that wanted to be baptized are my in-laws who are watching right now. I, I don't know what your story is, but I know this, Jesus wants you to be obedient in this thing called baptism. So let me go to the Lord in prayer as we get ready to celebrate. And when they come up out of the water, I wanna hear you erupt with the joy of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the gift of baptism. May we be reminded of your sacrifice, and may we rejoice with those that are taking their next step of obedience. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen.